Hey there, Comply Podcast listeners. Our episode this week revolves around the current state of the buy now, pay later industry. The conversation features Alan Kaplinski, Senior Counsel at Ballard Spa, Lisa Lanham, Partner at Ballard Spa, and John Zanzarella, SVP at Performline. In addition to discussing where this industry stands today, they also discuss the possible future of the industry over the next few years, given the current headwinds it faces, which includes a decrease in consumer spending, rising inflation, and existing loan quality and cost of funding becoming constrained as interest rates continue to rise. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hey everyone, and welcome. My name is John Zanzarella. I'm the SVP of sales here at Performline. And we're really excited to have this group together today to talk about buy now, pay later, market trends and consumer impacts. And you're gonna have a chance to hear from two absolute experts in this space. I'm gonna have them introduce themselves. But Lisa, why don't you start? Absolutely, happy to meet you guys. Um, So I'm Lisa Lanham. I'm a new regulatory partner in the Consumer Financial Services Group at Ballard Spar. Um, I also co-lead the uh, FinTech and Payment Solutions team. Um, So I joined in March, 2022 with an of counsel in our DC office and two non-lawyer licensing specialists. Um, I, as a team, we tend to advise on the federal approvals and state licenses that you need for regulated industry including buy now, pay later. Um, And, you know, all the substantive regulatory compliance issues that go along with those approvals and licenses. And a lot, I can, I can go on for an hour about it, but, you know, it's just, we, we leverage our relationships with regulators to counsel clients on obtaining and maintaining licenses and also with navigating some sticky, you know, regulatory spaces and new, new product lines. Um, so Alan, sure. and, and we know now those services are, are more important than ever with the regulatory landscape that we're going to dive into today. So thank you Absolutely. for being here, Lisa. And, and Alan, welcome. Why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you. Thank you, John. And uh, uh, welcome to anybody who's listening to the program today. So um, I'm Alan Kaplinski, and I'm senior counsel at Ballard Spar. Uh, for 25 years, I was the chair of our consumer financial services group, uh, gave that up about uh, two years ago. Uh, As the name of our group suggests, we focus only on consumer financial services. That is, we cover uh, the the landscape. We cover all types of products. Uh, We are very heavily involved in fintech, uh, as uh, Lisa mentioned to you. Uh, and more specifically, in uh, buy now, pay later, uh, where several of uh, the lawyers in our group do that type of work. Uh, we do the regulatory work. We do government enforcement work, unfortunately. Uh, never like it when clients uh, get ensnared in nasty investigations and litigations and, and litigation involving the CFPB or the FTC or state attorneys general. And uh, we also do a lot of work in in the supervisory area. Uh, That is for clients who are supervised by the CFPB or state banking departments and uh, 
uh, basically any type of regulator, uh, we uh, help them navigate, our clients navigate their way through it. So uh, that's what I have. And uh, the only other thing I should mention uh, is we have a blog that if you're not uh, signed up for, uh, you really want to sign up for it. Uh, We're very proud of our blog. We launched it in 2011 when the CFPB got stood up. It's called ConsumerFinanceMonitor.com. And about four and a half years ago, we uh, launched our, uh, what I call our companion uh, podcast show. It's a weekly show. We release a new show every Thursday. We've done a, a number of shows already on Buy Now, Pay Later. We archive all our shows. If you go on our Ballard Spar website and look under Consumer Financial Services Group, uh, you'll find uh, access to our blog and our podcast show. And we were on all the regular platforms. So again, a pleasure to be here. John, going back to you. Yeah, thanks so much, Alan. And it is worth noting, like he said, um, you know, at PerformLine, we're a software company that offers sales and marketing compliance for consumer finance companies. So we work with a lot of buy now, pay later providers. But we always talk about, you know, the answers to some of your compliance challenges are a combination of human plus technology. And the team at Ballard does such a great job on the human side of it, providing insights and expertise on the ever-changing regulatory landscape. So when it comes to buy now, pay later, let's just set the stage for a minute. Uh, in September, September of this year, the CFPB issued a report, buy now, pay later, market trends and consumer impacts. Before we dig into that report, I think it's important to note the current state of the industry. Um, we saw rapid growth, right? From 2019 to 2021 through the pandemic, loans originated in this space by the top five companies grew by 970%. But now we see a lot of those companies are facing headwinds from various directions. Uh, consumer spending is down. Inflation is up. Existing loan quality and cost of funding will be constrained as interest rates continue to rise. I think the question we'd like to start with today is, with all of that information and such a, a large swing from 2019 to present day, what do you think the future of this industry will look like You know, next year and then maybe beyond that, look five years down the road? Lisa, you can start, or Alan, up to you. I was going to say, Alan, why don't you go first? Oh, okay, sure. So, um, you know, when you go to law school, they don't really tell you how to soothsay, you know, how to uh, predict the future. But I'll do the best that I can. I guess I'm a, you say I'm an amateur economist as well, after you hear me. But in the short term, uh, unfortunately, I hate to say it because I know a lot of people in our audience are in the industry. Uh, I don't see uh, a tremendous amount of improvement in the factors that you already mentioned, John, in the next year. Uh, You know, we still uh, are not out of the woods. Uh, Jerome Powell is uh, uh, absolutely intent on getting inflation down to no more than 2%, come hell or high water. And, uh, you know, he keeps jacking up rates uh, every time they meet. Uh, the only good month we had, I think, was the month of August when they didn't meet. Uh, and uh, we, we were given a little bit of a breather. But um, uh, I think the, uh, the industry is going to re- remain under stress. Uh, but uh, from a regulatory standpoint, 
Uh, I'm all the things that I that um, uh, Rohit Chopra uh, uh, complained about in the report. I know we'll, we'll get into that in a few minutes in a lot more detail. Uh, most of the, what he complained about, he can only accomplish through regulations if he does it right. I should add that. Uh, and regulations take a long period of time. Uh, any kind of regulation uh, of the things that I think he might be interested in doing, which we'll get into detail on. Uh, and so within the next year, I, I I don't see a tremendous amount happening at the CFPB. Uh, they've got a very big full plate right now where they're doing rulemaking regarding open banking, then small business lending. And, uh, and plus, layer on top of that, the fact that the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit recently uh, held that their source of funding, namely from the Federal Reserve Banks, that that's unconstitutional. Uh, and so now there's this huge cloud hanging over the CFPB as to whether uh, or not uh, it's constitutionally funded. And if it's not, what's the result of that going to be? That is going to take up a lot of bandwidth because there is going to be fights going on in the Supreme Court uh, and there's going to be things going on in Congress at some point. Uh, and it is a bloody mess. So uh, anyway, um, I, I think the, the short term, uh, not a lot. Five years uh, depends how long Chopra uh, is in office. He's got two more years, basically. Uh, the end of uh, Joe Biden's term. If a Democrat gets elected, uh, look out. Uh, and and by my saying that, I'm not telling you what my politics are, just what I think is going to happen. I think, uh, uh, yeah, within a five-year time span, plenty of time to issue regulations. Uh, I think that will happen. Uh, and uh, we'll get into some of the things later that I think he will regulate. Lisa? Yeah, and I, so I'm sort of our resident state person, right? So I, I look at things from the state angle and with everything that's going on with the CFPB with the Fifth Circuit decision, honestly, I think you're going to see some more aggressive states. I mean, you saw it with the Trump administration, right? When people thought that there, was no, there wasn't going to be any more teeth to the CFPB, right? The states came in and you see the California regulator reorganizing as the first mini CFPB and you know, as the DFPI. So I think you're going to, I think on the state level, the next one to five years look very active, right? So the BNPL market might slow down with a decrease in consumer spending because of high inflation, increased cost per living, existing loan quality, interest rates, whatever. But, you know, those reasons are also reasons why state regulators grow more concerned with alternative credit products like BNPL. So it seems to me that just from doing what I've been doing, the CFPB and state regulators both sort of have this understanding that the modern consumer is unsophisticated and easily hoodwinked, right? So from their perspectives, um, consumers aren't really financially literate enough to determine on their own whether or not utilizing something like a BNPL product is a smart choice financially. 
So over the next one to five years on the state level, I really expect to see more stringent requirements placed on providers of alternative credit products to safeguard consumers. Um, and on truthfully, a lot of what we see too, because Alan, you've got a great point, regulations and statutes, new legislation, it takes a lot of time, but the states have existing frameworks for them they, that they can work within already. We've got sales finance company licensing. We've got licensed lender licensing. We've got substantive regulatory require, uh, compliance obligations that already go along with that, right? So they can, they can regulate this market without actually doing anything new by enacting new regulations or uh, new legislation. So I think there will be efforts that way, you know, so they might try to safeguard consumers through new licensing or substantive regulatory requ um, compliance requirements. Um, but they might also just reassess existing requirements. Uh, I think state enacted ATR requirements for these products are on the horizon as well. Um, and we've been seeing a trend in that direction for some time now, even before the CFPB's inquiry, which, you know, we'll get into a bit more. Um, I'm sure later on in the discussion, but, you know, my PSA here for what it's worth, I, I would also love to see states um, better serve consumers by providing financial literacy classes regarding a lot of these alternative credit products versus just string stringently regulating um, BNPL providers. But I don't know that that's the reality of what's coming down the pike. It's it's just something that I, I personally think would be... Um, be great for consumers because these products do have a place. Yeah, the the only thing I I, I would add uh, is a factor uh, over the next five years. Uh, I think there will be more of a movement away from the merchant discount model and a movement toward the uh, proprietary app driven model of buy now pay later companies. It seems. To me, inevitable that that will happen uh, for a whole bunch of reasons that are identified uh, in the report, which I'm sure we'll delve into. Yeah. And you know what? For the audience, we just covered information there that could be its own podcast in and of itself. And so that's why it's important to make sure that you're following up with Lisa and Alan and whoever in your network helps advise you on some of these situations. I think at Performline, you know, we see it. Even though there are strong headwinds now, we saw some of that with mortgage in 07, 08, and that bounced back really strong. There's going to be some iterations of buy now, pay later, some opportunities to evolve the product offering, to evolve the marketing to consumers. But you're not really going to be able to do any of that effectively if you're not taking a proactive approach to compliance. And so three things that Alan and Lisa just talked about. Number one, the CFPB has got a full plate. And so if you're listening today and you're a bank that offers buy now, pay later, along with embedded finance and other consumer facing products, it's hard to figure out you know, what to prioritize from that aspect. Um, there is the, the Fifth Circuit appeal that's going on right now. What does that have in store for the future and how does that affect the CFPB and your business? And then last, like Lisa talked about, I mean, I'm always surprised when we talk to our customers how much how much more active some of the the state level uh, attorney generals are with regards to communicating with these businesses and understanding not just how they're marketing these products but how they're monitoring how these products are being marketed when you're talking about third parties like merchants digitally in store there's a lot of layers to it thanks for listening to this episode of the compile podcast 
If you couldn't tell, there's a lot more discussion to be had between these three. So be sure to tune in next time to hear part two of their conversation where they dig into the consumer impacts of the buy now, pay later industry. And as John mentioned, there are likely going to be several iterations of the buy now, pay later product offering, but you're not going to be as effective if you're not being proactive in compliance. PerformLine has and will continue to be diligent in our understanding of this space as it pertains to monitoring and compliance. And as always, we have a few content pieces that I'll link to in today's show notes. It includes a buy now, pay later compliance checklist and an international regulation map for buy now, pay later lenders. So for that and other content, uh, be sure to check out today's show notes. And as always, for the latest content in all things marketing compliance, you can head to content.performline.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.